The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. And a welcome day to you listeners in listener land. <laughs> listener land. This is Arnold Stricker of Intune with Ellie Wharton. Hey, and Intune's a two-hour weekly broadcast which focuses and reflects on issues that impact and connects our community in the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, and justice. But today, this particular hour, we have Pat Kelly, who's the executive director of the Municipal League not of Pat Metro St. Kelly, Louis. Not the Pat Kelly. The Pat Kelly. Wow, in the live. <laughs> He's in studio. <laughs> Welcome into Pat. Glad to have you here. I'm speechless with that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we we have a lot of questions for you. Uh, I guess uh, first of all, as a little background for our listeners who may not have tuned into the previous broadcast, this is going to be part four of a multi-part series. We did a part one that had Terry Jones from last summer talking about the great divorce between St. Louis, St. Louis County. We dissected in part two, Better Together, last week in part three. Terry Jones was on again and talked more specifically about Better Together and his impressions about that, and some of those were in the Post-Dispatch. And today, you are part four because we kind of want to hear what uh, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis has to say about this, and I'll let you define that in a minute. But first of all, tell us a little bit about who you are. Who's Pat Kelly? Well, uh, first of all, it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I am a uh, lifelong uh, uh, St. Louis, actually Brentwood resident, and uh, having grown up there here in Mid-County, uh, I served as an alderman for eight years and mayor for 14, and uh, didn't run for re-election in 2015, and, and about six months later, um, took the position as the executive director of the Municipal League, really because I had concerns about what Better Together was was planning. It came to attrition uh, a few weeks ago when they announced their plan. Um, if you know anything about local government, this is what we predicted four years ago, and we're really concerned about this uh, nuclear bomb uh, proposal that they have. Now, I, I know being on your website that there's there's three things that, that I and I thought were, were very, very good about the Municipal League, is you advocate, you collaborate, and you educate. And who who is the Municipal League so people will know? Because I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, actually, you know, across the country, um, all the states have municipal leagues, which are organizations of, of municipalities. Uh, actually, uh, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis, we're in our, our 100th year. We're actually 25 years older than our state league. Uh, our charter limits us to the municipalities in St. Louis County, St. Louis City Government, and St. Louis County Government. Of the 88 municipalities in St. Louis County, 84 of them are members. For years, we were uh, a resource for municipalities kind of behind the scenes. You know, we acted as a, a way of bringing uh, local leaders together to collaborate and talk about how they could be more efficient, what they can learn from other leaders and cities in, in making their communities better. Uh, we also sponsor training academy once a month where local officials and municipal employees can come and, and on different topics all throughout the year and, and over the years. Uh, so, so we look at ourselves as a resource for municipalities. Over the last couple of years, we've been kind of pulled out of the background and pulled into the forefront um, because of the issues facing our local governments. So there's things like a, a municipality, like say Webster Groves, maybe looking at a particular kind of ordinance, and they may go to the municipal league and say, hey, what kind of ordinances do you have that relate to this? Or is there a, an 
ordinance, uh, basic ordinances that you have, say these are some model ordinances that could be used uh, in any municipality? Exactly. And, and really, um, as technology has is, is, is improved over the last few years, you know, we're able to, to help them with that in a much quicker pace. But, you know, years ago when everything was pretty much paper and, and so forth, uh, it was a huge resource for the municipalities to have that central organization that really had a lot of model ordinances and those kinds of things. But uh, uh, but that's actually one uh, uh, exactly one of our primary uh, services to the municipalities. How do the municipalities relate to each other? I'm sure on some issues there may be a disagreement, especially like on the sales tax uh, pool and things like that. I want you to talk a little bit about those kinds of discussions that happen. Are, are they in a big group? Are they in smaller groups and then get, get back together? What I've read in the media is that some of the municipalities are at loggerheads with, with each other. And in a, in a situation like Better Together, they're all you know, best cousins. Right. So how does that work? Well, I think like any organization, I think that's what is one of our strengths is that we don't always agree with each other. You know, a sales tax pool, um, you know, over the years has probably been one of the most contentious and it's usually 50-50. You're either for it or you're against it. Uh, but I think that that shows our strength in that we we look at those issues. We, we've changed it a couple of times over the years, uh, how the structure is and and so forth. And, and But we did that through a, a process of, of having open meetings and, and participating in that process. And once the vote was taken, everybody moves on. Uh, you know, we, we still have our membership and we still work together. I, I think it shows that the strength of the league that um, uh, once a decision is made, we, we all st- continue to move in the same direction. Now, you're a not-for-profit, nonpartisan. It's voluntary. You promote stronger local governments. And your members represent 98, listen to this, Ellie, 98% of the population of St. Louis County and St. Louis City. That's very big. That's, That's huge. Humongous. That's right. Ginormous. So your general membership regularly throughout the year, as we've talked about, discusses policies, form positions that promote effective government of local communities. Now let's talk about effective government of a larger community or a larger new proposed metropolitan city. Unigov. <laughs> Unigov. I think that's actually a polite way of saying it. <laughs> We so, try to be polite here. We're, we're talking about better together. And Pat, I know you, you know you said at the initial part of the broadcast, that's one reason you were led to this position as executive director and because you kind of feared what was coming down the road and things have kind of been realized. Are they have they been overrealized or underrealized from your viewpoint at this time? Um, I, I would I, I would actually say under, you know, for uh, we took the position uh, a little bit over two years ago that we were opposed to a statewide vote because we knew then that that's what Better Together was going to do. But it wasn't until their plan was actually released a, a, about a month ago that you actually could see really what they were going to, to put in that plan. We, we were under the contention that they didn't need to go to a statewide vote, that they could use the Board of Freeholders process to actually accomplish what they were going to do. But now that their plan is released, uh, to be quite frank, they have to use the Constitution uh, in a statewide vote because, to be quite frank, they're violating the Constitution in order to accomplish what their end game is. Now, talk a little bit about that last statement, because we had a little conversation about that off air, but explain that to folks, that how what they are doing is actually going to be, we're going to be giving up uh, a lot of our rights. So so the easiest one, I think everybody, it's probably one of the things that really is, is of most concern to everybody, the fact that they're taking this to a statewide vote, which is really diluting the value of the voters uh, in St. Louis City and County. 
the governmental structure of St. Louis City and County will be decided by outstate Missouri. Um, no matter how St. Louis City and, and County vote, 77% of the voters on that primary election in 2022 will be, or 2020, I'm sorry, 2020 will be um, from outstate Missouri. So so they will decide on the governmental structure that, that we, we are formed under. More importantly is that they're they're using the Constitution, uh, which is supposed to protect our rights as, as citizens of the state of Missouri, to actually take our rights away. And so, for instance, there's uh, a number of different types of municipalities in the state under the Missouri Revised Statute, a fourth class, third class village, and so forth. Those are statutes. But under the Constitution, it allows for cities to be formed as, as um, charter cities. And that's a, a right and a protection under the Constitution. So there are 17 cities in St. Louis County that are charter cities that their residents have come together, built a charter, voted on that and approved as the governmental structure that they want to live under. It's their Constitution. And it's protected by the Constitution of the state of Missouri. What Better Together is doing by by going to the Constitution, they're saying your your residents' approval of that Constitution lo- no longer matter. It doesn't matter what they voted on more for some of those more than a hundred years ago to create their cities. Most of our charter cities are older communities in, in St. Louis County: the Kirkwood, Webster, Clayton, Ferguson, Florissant. Creve Corps, you know, just to name a few. And so it's taking their constitution, the rights of their voters that put that in place and saying it doesn't matter anymore. And the people in Kansas City and Joplin are going to vote and say, your rights don't matter anymore. We're going to change your form of government. Do you think that the people in those areas, do they understand this? I think the word is getting out. Um, I think most people just look at the state where I vote. But, but you know, let's face it, their, their petition is 25 pages long. You almost need a lawyer or to be a lawyer to actually understand what it's saying. Um, you know, I, I think there's like, you know, 40 something, 48 plus times where they say, you know, something along the lines of, except where otherwise stated in the Constitution, which means, you know, they're trying to, they're cover all statements, you right. know, but the word is getting out. And I think people are understanding. Another clear violation of the Constitution is that it states today that, it, and these things are in the Constitution for a reason, you know, so it says that no two counties can come together unless it's approved by a majority vote in both counties. Well, they're throwing that out. Yeah. Is that so, one of the, the things that they're going to like dismiss if this passes? Right, right. And and so because obviously we would be joining and it wouldn't be approved by St. Louis City and County. So yeah, and but but here's a, a another one. Under their new form of government, or I'm sorry, under the Constitution today, as we already mentioned, there's Article Six of the Constitution, which is the Board of Freeholders, which is really put there specifically for St. Louis City and County to to uh, come together, have a public forum where the residents can have input and and make decisions on the governmental structure. And ultimately, that Board of Freeholders can put a proposition to the voters or a plan for St. Louis City and County to make that ultimate decision. Only in St. Louis, St. Louis County. Right. It's St. Louis City and County. And it has to be approved by both the uh, majority vote of St. Louis City and, and St. Louis County. It's actually how they created MSD. Correct. Okay. So under Better Together's proposal, they're eliminating the Board of Freeholders. So the citizens would not have any kind of recourse no. to change the government at all. Right. So there would be no lawsuits after this. Well, actually, that's another thing that's in their petition. So it says that once it goes into place, it, it requires 
that the new municipal district, so Webster is no longer a municipality, it's a municipal district, it does two things. One, right now all the municipalities are creatures of the state. You know, they're, sub, they're political subdivisions in the state. Under Better Together's proposal, all of the municipal districts become political subdivisions of the new metropolitan St. Louis. Basically, the Metropolitan St. Louis has complete authority and control over those municipalities. They're kind of giving uh, Metro St. Louis a to be equal with the state of Missouri right? in power and yes, authority. Absolutely. So under their proposal, a municipality or a municipal district, at a, at a simple majority vote of the new 33-member board, um, it could, they could actually vote to, to eliminate them. So, but let me go back to uh, you. You mentioned the uh, uh, the the new form of government um, uh, that they would be creating. A lot of people have heard about you know the the county executive will become the new mayor, and and two years passes. Is but here's what's more scary about it is it it takes the the county executive or the mayor and the mayor pro tem basically the county executive and the mayor of St. Louis they get to create the new charter, right? And not only do they get to create it, but uh, it gets approved by a board that they appoint. Right. And then it takes a two-thirds majority to change it. So you're eliminating the Board of Freeholders process. You're, you're creating this, this two-thirds majority that would be needed to change the charter in the future. And any other structural change you would do right now, you're, or, well, in the future— this new form of government will be embedded in the Constitution. Right. So the un- only way to really change it in the future will be to actually have another constitutional amendment. <laughs> another another statewide vote. Right, exactly. So that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, my hard drive spinning in my head, trying to uh, land on, on something that you said. People have input into any kind of charter that goes on. There, right. It's uh, discussed, and there's public meetings, although I know Better Together's holding public meetings now, albeit there's only 150 people can show up at some of those, and you have to sign up in advance, and you can have them come out and talk. But it's a very open process with the Board of Freeholders, correct? Well, it's public. I mean, I, I would say that, that Better Together is not having public meetings. Um, right. You know, when, when you say it's by uh, RSVP, uh, you limit the number to 150. Uh, it's going to be an hour and a half long. They'll probably have three or four stage questions. Um, it's nothing more than a PR campaign. Right. Uh, they're not going to change their proposal. You know, this isn't to solicit input. Even in the their 165-page plan, uh, it says that they, you know, had you know seven public meetings, right. and if you total up all the number of people that participated. It's less than 5,000. Right. So that's like 0.3%. percent. <laughs> I mean, not one, you know, uh, and um, uh, percent of the population in St. Louis City and County. Um, I guarantee you they would have had much more participation if they said, we're going to have a meeting and talk about eliminating local police departments, right? Instead of saying, we want to talk about collaboration efficiencies, Right. Yeah. So, or if they said we want to talk, have a meeting and talk about uh, reducing your municipality to a homeowners association responsible for your local parks. You know. So, so they're very um, disingenuous in how they approach this. They were very uh, deliberate in how they approach this, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're going to be very deliberate as they move forward. 
You know, and, and that's very, very frustrating because the average citizen is just going to get what they know about this from the media. And if a particular media outlet is for this, they're going to promote that. If they're against it, they're going to promote that. But there's always a pro and a con on this. But the devil is in the details. It's always in the details. And, and like you just said, some of these things are guised under other kinds of language or other kinds of cover to... Um, flush through uh, what they want. And, and as we talked a little bit uh, before the uh, the show today, and I've said this previously, some of their results that they've got from their information, I, I thought had been very, very good. At least you have some kind of database of some information. And rather than bring that to the uh, municipal league or bring that to the chiefs of police, you guys would have had a lot of good information in a, in a real collaborative way to say, hey, uh, they really want to work with us. Let's, let's see how we can formulate some things. What is your impression of the data that they've collected? And you know, I know you talked a little bit about the process, but obviously they have a different agenda than what the Municipal League has. Well, I think you can tell their agenda by their name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Which we call it Better Get It Together. That's right, right. Better Get It Together. And, and, and Better Together will tell you, and, 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 and you know, they'll say that you know, we offered for the Municipal League to participate, and they refused to do that. And, and it's just not true. You know, I could send you a letter by email. It was from Burt Walker, who was the president of our chairman of Better Together when it was first formed, uh, thanking the league for a list of people that we names of people that we sent. Their names are included in the in the letter uh, and the committees that they would be serving on for Better Together, and thanking the league for sending them. And they look forward to working with us. Uh, none of those people were ever contacted to actually serve on those committees. Interesting. And, and so uh, when the task force was formed uh, a little over a year ago, I sent an email to to all of the task force members. And I offered, uh, told them what the league, uh, I gave them our history, what we do, said, consider us a resource. We'd love to participate in the process. The only person that, that uh, replied was Dr. Ross from Webster, or Washington University. Um, he said, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be in contact. We look forward to your input. Um, I then forwarded him, actually, uh, um, the study you talked a little bit ago, uh, St. Louis County and St. Louis City had had um, uh, hired an outside firm to look at all their departments to see how they could collaborate to be more efficient back in 2011 or 12. Um, I think it's a 400-something page book. They spent close to half a million dollars having it developed. And um, um, I guess it's set on a shelf because the only thing they took out of that book was that's when they actually merged the economic development offices together to create the economic development partnership. But to that end, Dr. Ross, I sent that to him and said, well, here, you don't need to rewrite everything. Here's right. something for your, uh, but we've never heard from them since. Interesting. You know, so we very much wanted to be, but I think it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, uh, the reason they didn't want us to participate is because we would have been raising questions all along. Really, all their information that they have is is basically just financial information. Right. You know, I mean, they, they took the budgets, they took the audits and so forth. So, so yeah, it's, it's a great resource. It's all in one place. You know, but but what the budgets don't tell you, and let's just use police, for example. What, what Better Together is saying that, you know, we spend X on police. You know, and, and whether, you know, they're saying it's too much or whatever their conclusion is. What they're leaving out of that equation, which is the most important thing, is the quality of the police. Mm -hmm. So so what they should have done if they really wanted to see if there's something that should be changed in the police structure is where is the crime being committed? Right. Because it will show you that in St. Louis County, the majority of the violent crimes um, are being committed in, air, in unincorporated St. Louis County or in places where are being policed by St. Louis County through contracts. 
and and not that it's any fault of theirs, but but unfortunately, that's so are the, some of the lower income places, uh, uh, municipalities, and unincorporated parts of St. Louis County. But but it, it's also that they don't have the same type of coverage that the municipal police departments do. You know, and so, um, you know, and, and, and that's for all of the departments that they look at. So at, at the local level, government is a service organization. They right. provide services to the residents. They provide parks and public works and home inspections and police and fire. At the end of the day, with Better Together's proposal, if you're going to save a billion dollars in 10 years or every year after thereafter, what they're not telling you is what services are you going to be cutting? So they're taking all public works away from municipalities. They're taking police, uh, public safety away from municipalities. They're leaving them with fire departments, but that's only for the short term because municipalities will actually have to increase their property taxes in order to fund those fire departments, um, which will be a, a, a chance. I mean, it'll be very expensive to do. We actually... One concern we have is that municipalities are limited to a dollar property tax, uh, so we don't know how that's going to get uh, uh, be changed. But, but you know, so so it really comes down to the quality of services, which is the biggest part of the equation that they've never put into their studies. And you said prior to us coming on the air, uh, talking a little bit about their their savings. That that savings has been touted this past week as being a, I think it's a billion dollars over ten year period, and they had initially said that they would save two hundred and fifty million dollars, and now it's it's grown to this massive figure, but your description of that uh, was based based upon what? So um, when they released their plan about a month ago, I, I thought it was very interesting. It raised this question to a lot of reporters and people, you know, how can you re- release a plan without any financial backing? And, and Better Together's answer is, well, well, we're still working on it. Well, then that should have been another red flag if you release your plan and you don't have your financial information. But this week they released their um, financial information. And basically all they did was take the total cumulative budgets for the St. Louis City County municipalities from 2017, took those total revenues and expenses and said, over 10 years, we're going to eliminate 3% with a 2% inflation factor. Not how they're going to do it, where the cuts are going to be made. Okay. So uh, to me, if that was a homework assignment, they just got an F because it's not really a plan. Uh, anybody could take that to a budget and say you're going to do it, but it's really it's how you do it. Right, and where you're going to get it from. Right. Yes. You know, and one of the things that uh, as, as government grows bigger, and this is one of the things people like living in their municipality, uh, whether it's Webster or Kirkwood or Brentwood or Creefcore or University City or wherever it is, that those services, they can go to their local government. Let's take trash collection, for instance. There's one firm, which will be remain unnamed, which several municipalities are struggling with. And if this better together, it's going to be one trash kind of pickup for everybody. And if you're not getting your trash picked up, you know, it's it reminds me of things where I see large cities like New York or uh, Chicago where trash is piled up on the on the curb because there's some uh, sanitation strike or they're having trouble getting people or, you know, when you enlarge that kind of contract, it's just maybe overwhelming for a lot of companies to be able to handle those kinds of things. Or, or you could actually envision city of St. Louis who can't afford to buy their trash trucks. That's correct. They, right. they're struggling with that. They're struggling with that. And, you know, every time we get someone to talk about this issue, we learn more and more. It is amazing how many little intricacies there are in this, <clears throat> this whole proposal. So how is the, the, if we're learning this every week, how is the general public going to know everything that's going on? They're going to learn it by listening to this show. Excellent, excellent answer. And we're trying to peel back the onion, all the layers of the onion. And Pat's one of these people who's helping us peel some layers back because we've talked about 
uh, a little bit off air, folks, that, and you may not be aware of this, but they had submitted an initial petition, and then they withdrew that, and they submitted another one now to the Secretary of, State, Secretary of State's office for to get enough signatures to put this on the ballot. It would be hilarious if they didn't get enough signatures to do this, but I think that's going to happen. Well, they're paying for them, so they'll get them. Yeah, so. <laughs> It money talks, like, yeah, doesn't it? I was going to say, it seems like money is at the at the forefront of everything here. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. what what groups, Pat, have a, have kind of an interest in the area or even statewide in the Better Together proposal? Well, I think it, it's all local. You know, um, uh, interestingly enough, the, the first great divorce, as they like to call it, um, you know, that was really orchestrated by the uh, business leaders and the powers that be of St. Louis City at the time in 1876 when this went to a vote and, and his divorce um, happened. And it was really because at that time, they didn't want the tax dollars from St. Louis City going to the rural St. Louis County, which only had a population of about 30,000 at the time. Uh, ironically, the population of St. Louis City in 1776 or 1876, when they separated from the county, was actually higher than it is today. Seriously? Yeah. So, wow. So, and, and, and actually leads me to another point that the last big influx in population in St. Louis County was actually in the 1960s, where it went up by almost 270,000 people in 1960s. But since 1970, the population of St. Louis County has only increased by 40,000. And my, my point is, is that, you know, the league and, and our membership, we're not saying that there aren't regional issues that we need to come together and work on. But our feeling has been for a number of years is that we have lacked regional leadership. You know, um, the, the mayor of St. Louis and the county executive, you know, uh, when they were campaigning over the last couple of years, you never heard any of them talk about collaboration and, and regional issues. And, and we needed to merge the city and county That's together. Correct. Even if they... They, they could have, they could actually call for the formation of the Board of Freeholders if they wish to. And um, and yet they're not doing that. And so um, so we really are, are lacking that leadership. You know, the, the county executives never said, hey, mayors of St. Louis City County, we need to come together and talk about how we can fix some of these things at, at working in a collaborative effort. Um, we've never had that opportunity. And so, you know, I, I think that that lack of reader, leadership is really is but holding our region back. You know, it's interesting he makes that point because we made that point a couple of weeks ago. That's right. The region has lacked leadership, strong leadership, to kind of unify the region together to move forward. Right. And really, most of the, even the issues that Better Together talked about in their press release when they announced their plan, almost everything they were talking about, the, the, the dysfunctionalities, were actually issues between St. Louis City and St. Louis County. Right, right. You know, municipalities are here to provide specific services. Their elected officials are, are elected to, to, to manage their cities, you know, and, and they're not full-time people. They're pretty much volunteers for the most part and really do a good job of, of, of managing and, and, and um, having stable communities. The county executive is a full-time position. His job is to look out for the region, but that leadership just hasn't been there. Now— on the uh, first petition, there was some changes made to the second petition, and 
Do you know anything about any of those changes or the impact of those changes? Yeah, the majority of those changes were actually dealt with some of the financial aspects of it. Some of them were were designed to actually ensure that municipalities for the next 17 months could still actually issue some bonds. Uh, the fear was that because of the way this petition was written, that it, it would cloud that process um, and and make it the the bonds either uh, too expensive from an interest rate standpoint or that they couldn't be insured. So so some of those changes were actually things that municipalities wanted um, so that they could continue to operate over the next 17 months. Uh, some of the other ones were, you know, the interesting enough, the fire districts were left out of kind of a, a safety clause in the first one. And so they were put in there with school districts in the second one um, and some other uh, changes like that, but but nothing really drastic. Um, one of the things I, I, I need to actually go and look at to verify is that in the first petition, our new mayor will actually be the county executive of of um, St. Louis County uh, in this new metropolitan St. Louis. In the first petition, it didn't say that it said that the, the new mayor would actually be the county executive in office on January 1st, 2019, not the county executive that's in office when the when the voters approve the petition. So that would mean that that the county executive today, no matter what happens between now and then, would become the new mayor. And uh, so it's almost naming him by name that he would be the new mayor. Right. Wow. And that's not the case for the the interim mayor. No, it, uh, the the interim mayor is the mayor of St. Louis. Right? Okay. Okay. So a quick question here. This is going to be mainly for the municipal league because you guys have begun thinking or maybe you have formulated a uh, board of freeholders process on your own, correct? Right. Yes, we have. Yeah. So have there been conversations on the municipal league to say, hey, now that we see this going on, we need to kind of move forward and propel ourselves forward with our own thought process on how we can better unify the area. Can you explain that a little bit more, enlighten us on that? Yeah, I mean, to the extent that we, we you know, we're made up of governments, and, you know, governments, we're used to processes, you mm-hmm. know, um, uh, when the city of Webster wants to uh, look at a zoning issue, you know, they have public meetings and solicit input from their from their residents and, and especially for zoning changes and those kinds of things. Or when they're going to put a comprehensive plan together. I mean, that's a, a year-long process usually for right. most municipalities. And really, so the league doesn't have a plan, uh, but what we do is we have a process, and that's a board of freeholders. And by initiating that through an initiative petition process, which um, if anybody wants to sign our petition, I'd be more than happy to take that. But um, once those signatures are collected, the the county executive and the mayor are required uh, by the Constitution to appoint their nine members each to the board of freeholders, and then the governor appoints one one member. And then um, uh, this is what's neat about the Constitution. They can't ignore the will of the people because then once those board members are appointed, they have they must have their first meeting within 30 days. And then they have 12 months to solicit input from residents on any kind of governmental structure or plan. And so the plan of the future should really come from the residents and the input for, that the Board of Freeholders receives from the residents um, uh, during that process. I'm hopeful. I think that there there is a will to have some change. I think there are regional issues that we need to look at. And I think that if it going through that collaborative effort, that's how you build consensus. 
And and ultimately, I would hope that the Board of Freeholders would be able to put a plan before our voters that St. Louis City and County can can uh, get behind. That's, that sounds great. What are what are some of those issues that you think that we could get together on, Pat? Well, I think you know one that has to be on the table, and I think you know in talking to people, it, it's it it and again, it's not my opinion, but I think that one of the is just the city reentering the county as a municipality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and eliminating the duplicate duplication of services of, of the county government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there would be some efficiencies there. Um, you know, but but to be quite frank, even even that kind of merger, you know, uh, when Better Together talks about Indianapolis and, and Louisville and, and Nashville, none of those cities have seen any really significant savings. Correct. Um, in some cases, it's actually been more. Uh, the other thing that's important as Better Together touts those as example they all left the uh, the municipal uh, municipalities out of their equation. So in Louisville, there were 90-something municipalities that were completely unaffected by the merger of, of the county and the city government together. You know, and same way in Indianapolis, they have townships. So all the townships were left intact. You know, but, but here in St. Louis, you know, and, and this is, again, one of the reasons I'm here is because you could see this four years ago. In order to accomplish what Better Together is trying to do, they needed the money from uh, the municipalities. This is as much about tax reform as it is about trying to uh, merge our communities. Are you together. talking about sales tax? You're talking about property tax, or both? Uh, sales tax primarily. So, for instance, you know, um, uh, the, they're going to have all these efficiencies, okay? But but you're eliminating uh, 140 million dollars from St. Louis City's budget. That's a third of the city's budget, and and right away that's automatically dedicated to retire the city's debt. Now, is that with the earnings tax? That's the earnings tax. Right. So, so that goes out of money that was being used for services, right? right? St. Louis County government is struggling right now. They, they're, they're spending their reserves to balance their budget. <clears throat> they're talking about a property tax increase n- next year, or potentially, uh, in order to continue to provide the services that they're providing today. Well, under Better Together's proposal, they're eliminating the earnings tax, hundred. Forty million, and they're also calling it would, from the first year would reduce the property taxes in St. Louis County by fifty percent. So, where's the other money going to come from? Right, it's coming from the municipalities. It's coming by by eliminating uh, uh, public works departments. It's coming by uh, merging the police departments and, and and downsizing them. There's no way they're going to be able to afford. You know, there's more municipal police officers than there are St. Louis County or St. Louis City. So what you're saying is that the makeup is going to come from the reduction in services. And reduction in personnel, yes. And personnel. It, it has to. I mean, again, we're a service organization. The only way you can have savings is to reduce the services. Right. And do you think that the public understands that? I mean, of course, when we look at reduction of property taxes, everybody goes, woohoo! Right. You know, they think that's a good thing. But then when they realize that what's happening is that it really isn't. I right. mean, what, what they've been used to in terms of public works and services and things are going to be eliminated or are reduced. So in essence, the municipalities from a public work standpoint and policing, we would be really just like unincorporated St. Louis County. So that's a qu- kind of services that you're going to be getting. So from police coverage and from public works. So no more plowing streets during when it snows. Uh, instead of being on maybe a uh, eight to ten year maintenance schedule for municipal streets. You're going to be on a twenty to twenty five year schedule. Um, though you know. Okay. So, now, what about trash pickup, things like that? Well, you know, um, that's one of the uh, glorified uh, things that they left with the municipal districts. You know, they can still maintain their parks and take care of their trash. So. Yeah. Oh so, wow! Wow! And, and you had mentioned zoning earlier. Yes. And I, I think that's a, another key component. The new municipal metropolitan St. Louis will 
create a uniform zoning code for the entire metropolitan St. Louis. They're saying that the cities will have a, a planning and zoning department, but it's only a, a an advisory type committee. Um, if a petition is presented to them, if it gets a negative recommendation, then that petition automatically goes to the new to the metropolitan St. Louis planning and zoning, which has you know again all total control over the municipal districts. So, for instance, if somebody wanted to build a five-story building in downtown uh, Webster, um, it would really be, Webster would really not have the control or authority over that. It would be Metropolitan St. Louis. Well, we know that the residents of Webster would never stand for that. Well, you never know. We've we've watched what they do just with, with situations that have come up, for instance, with the old YMCA building and how they, you know, people came out in mass week after week after week for, to city council, and it even ended up in a, in a lawsuit. Oh, but Ellie, if, if we're part of this great metropolitan St. Louis, then we have to think of the greater good, and maybe people in Valley Park and Edmondson and, and Woodson Terrace would benefit by having that five-story structure in, in the heart of Webster Groves, and we really need to think about them. That's, that's what the answer is going to be. Exactly, but that is really ludicrous, because how, how, that, often, how often do those people <laughs> come into Webster or do Webster people go into those other municipalities? Well, that's, you know, it's it's the loss of of your rights. It's the loss of your ability to input to your government, which we are the government. And so, you know, if you look at we we form a government and I and as you were talking, my mind was just going crazy because how long did it take us to get to this point in our governmental entities to have all of these laws, all of these regulations, all of these kinds of uh, policies, and now all of a sudden we're going to not just revise them, we're going to pick them up, we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, and we're going to build a new tub, we're going to have to dig a new well to put water in the tub, and then have a new baby. baby. That's right, right. get a new baby too. Now one of the questions that I had last week, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it, we each have different city halls and buildings. What's going to happen to those? For instance, Rock Hill just last year... You built a brand new city hall along with their fire department and police department, and their voters overwhelmingly approve that. Right. What happens to that new structure and also the beautiful city halls that we have all around? So the cities actually will, will in the second petition, actually maintain control of those facilities and also be required for the maintenance. Uh, what's interesting, though, uh, the new Metropolitan St. Louis um, has control over the police departments. So immediately, all of the municipal police departments become employees of the Metropolitan Police Department. That are, that are housed within right. the, so, the local city halls. So, for instance, Creve Corps, who is not yet opening yet their new, I think it's an $8 million police department, right. standalone building, once they get it completed— and their residents are paying their property taxes to pay off the bonds for that, the new Metropolitan St. Louis can actually use that, confiscate that, and use it for their uh, purposes, rent-free. But Creep Corps still has to pay for it. That's pay right. for not yeah. only the bonds, but the maintenance. I, I just oh. spoke with Barry Glantz about that, just like last week. Right. Not a happy camper. Wow. Right. Wow. It, it, uh, under the, the zoning, too, you, um, uh, one of the things is it's interesting. You know, you hear the business community, oh, it's so complicated, all these municipalities. And there's some truth to that. I mean, because, you know, different permitting and those kinds of things. And, and uh, I was talking to a home builder. Uh, he was saying, you know, it's 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 just crazy. You know, he goes, it's so hard to get things approved in the city of Kirkwood. And and, you know, every time it's something different and, and it's such a hassle. I said, well, why do you keep building there? 
Yeah, he should come to Webster. He'll well, really find well, out what, what difficulty and, and Webster, is. And, and Webster <laughs> would be the same answer. That's and, right. And say, why do you keep building there? And he goes, well, well, what do you mean? I said, well, why don't you just build an unincorporated St. Louis County? Right. And I said, because you don't get the same return on your investment. Right. The reason you get so much for the house you're building in Kirkwood is because of the standards that they've set. That's right. And it's the same way in Webster. That's Bros. right. And it's with the businesses, so, you know? you know, it, it may be somewhat of a hassle, but at the end of the day, they're actually better off. And, and, and I said to, to businesses, where would you rather get your permit, the city of Brentwood, for your business license, or go through St. Louis County? You know, when you want to call for an inspection through St. Louis County and they say, okay, we're going, we want a plumbing inspection, and they say, okay, we'll see you next week. You go to a city like Webster Groves or city of Brentwood and say, we need a plumbing inspection. They say, well, what time can we see you this afternoon right. or tomorrow morning? Right. And, you know, so there's, there's ups and, and downs of that. The, the big complaints are the, are the big corporations. They're the ones that don't want the local zoning. For instance, you know, Centene, you know, probably would have been much happier dealing with the Metropolitan St. Louis when they're building in the city of Clayton instead of putting up with, with Clayton, who delayed them and made them spend more so that they could protect the rights of the citizens who were in a condo building that would no longer see sunshine, you know, so uh, and making Centene spend more on their project. And so those are the people that are, you know, they're really kind of uh, in favor of this one zoning district, one zoning for all kind of, of, of zoning. Now, we've just got a few more minutes here, Pat. Uh, I had a question that related to uh, this issue ending up in the courts. And I've, I've heard some things that, you know, this would be challenged right away. What are your thoughts on that? And if, if so, which aspects? Because I think when you, it's hard to give up, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around this, that we're... Even though we have a right, when we when we vote for this, it eliminates that right, and it doesn't seem like you can eliminate a a basic functional right of the Constitution with a vote. People right. who don't even live here, right? I'll dance around this question. Let me put it this way: that everything's being looked at. How's that? Okay. Um, and and there's certain you know there's timing issues. So, mm-hmm. but everything is being considered at this point. We have to ensure that we're protecting the rights. I, I think it's interesting. The, the Missouri Constitution uh, actually specifically says you can't have special laws. When they created Senate Bill Five, we challenged part of that, which required all the St. Louis County only municipalities to be able to, um, um, uh, it had to be certified. And so we challenged it. I went to the Supreme Court and, and we won. They said, you can't just do that St. Louis County, either it's across the state or not. So so I think it's interesting with Better to Go's proposal. So so they, they, if the Constitution says that you can't create a special law, how can you create a special law that's only impacting St. Louis County. Right. You know, by eliminating charter cities just in St. Louis County, by by taking their tax money that was approved for local use and then never ratified by the bigger body and they, they're going to use it wherever they want. I mean, that that's not, a, I mean, that's actually criminal. Uh, you know, if a city did that, they'd be thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, so, so yeah, it, it, it'll be an interesting process. Uh, as I try to tell people, we're, we're ex, um, uh, pumped up now, uh, but it's going to be a marathon. Uh, we have 17 months in front of us. So, so if folks want to get more information about the uh, Municipal League of Metro St. Louis, what should they do, Pat? So you can go to our website. If people want to help us collect signatures, we're looking for volunteers. Uh, our petitions are on there for both the city and the county. There's two different petitions. Uh, there's information on there about um, uh, how we think that this is going to impact um, uh, a report that was written by Dr. Jones at UMSL, um, kind of 
what is it actually doing to local government. And uh, and you can always call our office, and I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. And you can look them up online. It's uh, stlmuni.org, stlmuni.org. That's the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis. And uh, they are designed and in business now for over a, uh, a century, 100 years, to advocate, collaborate, and educate. And they are advocating for the citizenry. They are collaborating together and trying to collaborate with uh, those people who want to put better together. And they are educating us on these particular items that are going forward, which will impact us uh, in years and years and maybe forever to come if it, if yeah. it passes. Yeah. Actually, you brought up uh, Rock Hills New City Hall. Uh, we move our membership meetings around every month to different municipalities, and and next week, uh, uh, Rock Hill is hosting at their new city hall. and And as an example of our education and uh, to our members, uh, one of the things that is coming to the forefront is the new medical marijuana law and how that's going to uh, affect local zoning. And so we're having a presentation at that meeting for our local elected officials on one, the zoning issue. So we'll have a professional in the zoning uh, attorney at the zoning. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a attorney there on the labor side of that. You know, how do you handle employees uh, right. now with these new medical marijuana laws? And then somebody from the industry to say, these are what you know, we're going to be looking for from the retail aspect to the manufacturing and, and make that a, um, uh, a panel discussion on that so that our members can be better educated. But isn't that the kind of thing, getting a collaboration, getting information so, you, so people are aware and that there's a dialogue that's going forth so people can work together towards uh, issues that might come up or solve some issues together or, hey, how did you do that? And, and be on the forefront of things rather than try to, I don't want to say be on the defensive, but, you know, people uh, have an agenda. And when we work together, when we uh, advocate together, when we collaborate for those things that are uh, going to benefit citizens and help educate uh, our leaders, it it really helps all of us out together. So it does. And that's that's, that's when we're really better together. Absolutely. That's one of our goals. <laughs> Pat Kelly, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate the opportunity. would love to come back anytime. Great. Thank you. We probably will have you back. Yeah, we've been continuing this uh, conversation. Uh, this conversation today with Pat Kelly was part four. Again, if you did not get a chance to listen to part one or part two or part three of our conversation with Terry Jones from the University of Missouri-St. Louis about the great divorce between St. Louis City and St. Louis County, part two where we dissected the Better Together proposal, part three where Dr. Terry Jones came back on again and talked about his impressions of Better Together, and then today, Pat Kelly from the uh, the Municipal League of Metro St. Louis and discussing that. You can go to iTunes or go to SoundCloud and pick those previous shows up. Just plug into the search engine in tune radio show, KWRHLP, and you will see a series of things. Matter of fact, today is show number 58, Ellie. Really? We've been together that long. We've been we've been better together for fifty <laughs> for fifty eight shows, <laughs> and, and it's not we better get it together. That's right. We've we I would say we've got it together. We've got our stuff hey, together. Hey, wouldn't here. that be a great slogan for for a, a city that actually tried to uh, advocate and collaborate and educate together? We've got it together. We've got it. I think it I together. might use that. Very good. <laughs> and also, don't forget that if people would like to hear a repeat of our show, so that they can digest a little bit more, the Intune show airs again on Tuesday, 
Tuesday morning from 9 to 11a. So once again, there are many opportunities to hear this conversation. There's no excuse for anyone to be misinformed. That's right. Listeners out in listener land, you need to be informed as much as you can. So we're grateful that you've uh, stayed tuned. On our second half of the show today, we're going to be talking about inventors and their contributions. Going to surprise you with a couple of these. So... We're going to iron some things out. I'm going to tantalize you there. Oh, boy. That was, is, a, that was a very good segue. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton of Intune. You're listening to KWRHLP, 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Mm-hmm.